0: Welcome to Berean. Uh, We're glad that you're here. We want to extend a special welcome to our friends at Cincy and at Bainbridge who are watching us on live stream. And welcome to our online viewers as well. Uh, One group that I'm not mentioning is our Front Street group. So another milestone with our new launch is um, Pastor Justin is down there speaking live for the first time at our Front Street campus. So uh, we're encouraged to see things progressing uh, down there as well. Um, if you are a guest with us this morning you 're probably looking at this graphic and going, "What in the world are they talking about here at this church we 're talking about we 're in this series called grace bomb and just to give you a little bit of background in case you haven 't been with us there 's these cards that we 're encouraging people to give out um, as they 're in the community as you 're around, uh, having opportunity to help other people. Um, it has uh, this idea of being a surprising act of love motivated by Jesus. Now, some people might say it's kind of like pay it forward. You know, you, you go through the, the, the line at Dunkin' Donuts, now that they're open again, and uh, you, know, you pay for the person behind you, right? Well, here's the thing. Pay it forward actually kind of has the idea of karma behind it. It has this idea that, you know, if you do something good, it'll come back to you. All right, Grace Bomb is a biblical idea that's saying, okay, we want to reach out and help other people. We want to do things uh, to help people that are in need, encourage people that are down. To be able to seize opportunities to help those around us and doing it because we're motivated by Jesus. We want to have an opportunity to bless them and perhaps even as a result of that, be able to share our faith with them at some point. So that's, that's the idea behind Grace Bomb. And as we um, talk through this, just want to remind you, uh, Patrick Linnell, who spoke here a couple weeks ago, the author of the book, told us that there's three phases to this. There's load, listen, and let her go. And load is just kind of like the video you saw, being prepared, having the cards with you, uh, and and being ready to seize those opportunities that come your way. And then listen, I I I feel like there's really two parts to this. One part that's really important is listening uh, to your environment, like being aware. Uh, You know, sometimes... I'm guilty of this. If I'm going to Walmart, like I've got one thing. I got I got blinders on. I got to focus. I got to go in. I got to do my thing. I got to get my list and I got to get out of there. Well, listening to the environment around you, you know, being aware of the situations that other people are wrestling with, that's, a, that's an important part of this. But then I think the most important part of that idea of listen is listening to the Holy Spirit. As a Jesus follower, you have the Holy Spirit within you. You have an opportunity to to uh, hear from God on your daily walk. And if you're in the Word, if you're praying on a regular basis, if you're communicating with God on a regular basis, it's through the Holy Spirit that He communicates to you. And and the the Holy Spirit will prompt you when those opportunities arise. Now, the challenge is: Are you listening? right? It's, it's one thing to be prepared. It's another thing to, to hear God's voice and, and say, oh man, here's an opportunity to grace bomb someone, but then you need to listen to that. And then let her go, right? It's just, you know, you, know, you got you to gotta make it happen. You got to do it. And so that just gives you a little bit of background about this grace bomb idea in case you're, you're with us for the first time. And today, what we want to do is talk about fear, Really, it's, the, it's, it's probably the one thing that holds us back from being expert grace bombers. It's fear. There's, there's things that we, we just, it, it's a barrier that holds us back. And so, uh, just for a minute, I want to talk about fear. Because, you know, like you might, there's some common words for fear. Maybe you've heard this before, you know, Arachnophobia. Uh, people that are afraid of spires. I, if you're afraid of spires, I'm sorry for the gigantic graphics. Um, but, you know, they're, they look like they're nice, fuzzy, pettable creatures, aren't they? No. But, so that's, that's arachnophobia. Now, there's another word that sounds almost similar. There's acrophobia, like acrobatics. Acrophobia, fear of heights. And I like I don't know, I, I might kind of fall in that category a little bit. So those, those are common fears, but, but how about some phobias that maybe you haven't heard of? So how about nomophobia? Nomophobia, this is a fairly recent one. Nomophobia is fear of being without your mobile phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely in that category. Or how about this one? Xanthophobia. Xanthophobia? Xanthophobia. Fear of the color yellow. Listen, people have some weird phobias. But then here's my favorite one. You ready for this one? Hippopotamus, whatever phobia. It is, fittingly, the fear of long words. We've got a lot of weird fears, a lot of weird phobias. But when it comes to this kind of fear, we're talking about how do we handle the fear that's preventing us from blessing people around us. And so let's look at this biblically. If you would join me in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14 uh, is page 784 in the Chair Bibles. Uh, those are there for you as a gift. If you need a Bible, please take that home. Uh, if you Need a Bible and a different translation? Those are there for you to take with you. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation uh, to follow along to match with the Chair Bible. So if you're doing it electronically, a couple clicks away uh, will get you to the New Living Translation as well. So Matthew chapter 14, you're going to see that we're jumping in the middle of the story. And I would encourage you to kind of keep your finger, if you're using a, a printed Bible, keep your finger in this passage, because we're going to come back and, and, and talk about the, the, uh, the, the preview, the, the previous part of this story as well. But we're going to jump right in the middle at verse 22, and it says this, immediately after this, so we'll come back and talk about the this, but Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent all the people home. Now, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy winds. And it was about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Let's just pause there for a second because I, I, I think we see our first example in this passage of fear. We see the fear of the disciples when they see Jesus walking on the water, but they don't realize at first that it's Jesus. They they literally think it's a ghost. Now, now why is that? Well, it's because it's an unknown, right? They've never seen Jesus walk on the water before. They weren't expecting that. And so this fear of the unknown, they, they've got to come up with some explanation for it. So their explanation in their mind is, well, it must be a ghost. They're fearful, they're terrified. But it isn't, but but it, it's interesting to see that Jesus' response, Jesus resolution to that problem, Jesus says. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I'm here. I think sometimes when we wrestle with fear, we wrestle with the fear of the unknown. What, what will happen? What will they say? What if they reject me? What if they, what if they won't talk to me anymore? Listen. The response, the answer, the antidote to that fear... Jesus is there. God's with you. You you don't need to be worried about the unknown circumstances. But then there's there's more to this story. In verse 28, it continues on. It says, Then Peter, and now, if you've spent any time in the New Testament, when you see those words, then Peter, you know something interesting is coming up, right? Then Peter called to him. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Wow, I mean, that's pretty brave. In fact, um, there was a message I, I spoke years ago. It was entitled "If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat." Right? And it sometimes there's this you know giant leap of faith that you have to take to be able to accomplish some great things for God. And and here's Peter willing to jump out of the boat. And so Jesus says, "Yes, come." So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Listen, Jesus is not the only one who's walked on water. Peter walked on the water. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was, there's that word again, terrified. He was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. And again, he gives, he gives us another solution to this problem of fear. He said to Peter, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, immediately the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. You see, initially the, the disciples, they were fearful of the unknown, but in Peter's situation you see that, that Peter there was a there was it was known, it was the storm, and he lost focus. Instead of focusing on Jesus and continuing to have the faith that he started with to jump out of the boat, he didn't he didn't continue to have that faith because he was fearful. He started to look at his circumstances, he started to look around. And are we guilty of that? Absolutely. I, I know I am. We start out, we, we're really excited about what God's doing, but then we look at the challenges and we look at the circumstances around us and, and we go, well, God must not be in this. But here's, here's the answer that Jesus said. You got to have faith. It really comes down to faith over fear. You see, just like the, we, we sang earlier, the battle belongs to the Lord. We need to lay our fear down at his feet. Sometimes we are absolutely crippled. We're paralyzed by fear. Whether it's, whether it's rejection, whether it's a fear of inadequacy, I, I, I'm not going to be able to, to say the things I need to say We've got to get past that. And, and the antidote, the solution that Jesus provided for us as an example there is the faith that we need to, to have in God's control in those circumstances and the power that he can provide us through his Holy Spirit to accomplish those things. You know, Patrick Linnell, uh, the author of the book, shared a story about his young daughter. He he was out uh doing some uh, errands and and she was with him and and she wanted to grace bomb somebody so so this young this young girl goes up to a man in the line and offers a gift card to him and he strongly rebukes her he's like you're like no i i don't want that i don't need it no thanks get out of here and she was you know just a young child or she's devastated and she came back, and, and, and Patrick, being the, the wise father that he is, Patrick said, you know what, like, don't worry, that's going to happen sometimes. You know what, let, next time let, let me do it, and you, and you just help me. And so the next opportunity presented itself, and, and Patrick was able to to, to do that, and, and they successfully grace-bombed somebody, and, and that gave her the, the courage, the strength to, to try it again. And, and, and so then the next time that she tried it, Here's this young child. She was able to to grace bomb someone because she overcame her fear. You see, here's the challenge is when when we allow our fear to overcome our faith, what we're saying is that I'm more focused on my situation and who I am versus who God is and what God can do. In fact, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said this. He reminded them three ways— as far as their background, he said, For consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not, not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were noble birth. Like, so there's a reminder, Like many of us don't have this great background. It's not who we are. But then he also reminds us three ways as far as God's choosing. God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And God chose what is low and despised in the world so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Now I know there's you know, some popular uh, discussion in, in Christian circles today about you know claiming who you are and, and how you know how powerful you are and, and all those kinds of things. Listen, Paul's reminding us you know, we're we're the weak that God's using, we're we're the lowly and despised, we're the foolish that God is using. And the point is this that it's not the messenger. It's the message we talk about this in 201 share that it, it's, it, we, sometimes we put pressure on ourselves and, and put expectations on ourselves as if the, the, the response that people have to the good news of Jesus Christ is, is solely based on, on how effective we are in sharing it. And that is so self-centered, and that is so unbiblical. Because we are simply the vessel. We are simply the tool which God uses to bless people and to share the good news with people. So we need to get over our fear because it's not about us. And, and Paul continued with the second Corinthians. He, he, he shared this. He said that God is able to make all grace abound to you in fact, you know we throw this word grace around a lot, just to make sure that everybody understands. Like grace is undeserved favor. In fact, sometimes people get it confused with the word mercy, which is not getting what we do deserve. In other words, we deserve punishment. We deserve we deserve uh, chastisement. We we deserve death for our sin. But God's mercy provided a way for us. And grace, grace is giving things that are undeserved. We have reser- we have received undeserved favor from God. And because that he has given undeserved favor to us and he's given us sufficiency in all things at all times, you have everything you need to be able to grace bomb others, to be able to share your faith with others, that you can abound in every good work. You can have great success in good works, not because of your own strength, but because of the grace that God has given you. And then I think Peter says it, the same basic idea. It's by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You see, it's not about us. It's not about our abilities or our strengths or our wisdom. It's about being willing and obedient and allowing God to work through us to bless people around us. Really, the way I can summarize it is just this fear cripples, but God empowers. We we let fear hold us back, whether it's the fear of the unknown, of how people are going to respond, or or we're fearful of the storm, like like the like uh, Peter was as he was walking on the water. You see, both of those are inward focused. But if we're outward focused and we see that, that God empowers us to bless other people, it's not reliant on our strength. Then we can have faith over fear. Now, I reminded you that we're going to jump back into Matthew chapter 14. And if you would go back there, Matthew chapter 14, we're going to we're going to look at a little bit of the story beforehand So in Matthew chapter 14 if you go in verse go to verse 13 you see again that there's there's a story that that that's ahead of this that I need to point out So if you go back to verse 1 you see the story of John the Baptist and being beheaded and and here's this person that jesus had had interaction with and he was the forerunner he was the one that pointed to jesus as the messiah but he was beheaded and so as as soon as jesus heard that news that's what it's talking about in verse 13 jesus left in a boat to to a remote area to be alone listen jesus grieved just like we grieve And he wanted some alone time. He wanted some time to pray and and commune with God the Father. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Verse 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, listen, if that passage was Rick headed out to a remote area and the crowds came and wanted to hear Rick, I guarantee you Rick's response would say, I got to have some me time. I need to go grieve. I need to, I need to go alone. You guys will be here when I get back. But that wasn't Jesus' response, right? Jesus looked at the crowd. And he had compassion on them. Even though he was grieving, even though he needed some time alone with God, the the moment of opportunity presented itself. And then Jesus did an amazing grace, bomb because he healed their sick. Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion, and then he did something about it. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 15, it says, That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. (laughs) I love that. But there's a response in verse 17. But Jesus, there's no Chick-fil-A anywhere around. Well, I mean, that's what my translation says. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, what are we supposed to do? And Jesus said, "We'll bring them here." And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the disciples he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people, and they ate all as much as they wanted. It was buffet time. And afterwards, even after everybody ate as much as they wanted, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. You see, God, God through the, the work of Jesus, having compassion on those people, even though he was at a difficult point, a difficult time, He not only addressed their medical needs, but he addressed their hunger. He addressed their physical needs. And I think there's an important principle here that we need to understand. is Jesus met their physical needs, before he met their spiritual needs. And I think sometimes we might be guilty of trying to give the gospel to people before we are aware of and before we try to address their needs. Now listen, 50 years ago, I probably would be considered a heretic by preaching this because it would be classified as the social gospel. But I think the example here is crystal clear. Jesus met their physical needs before he met their spiritual needs. You see, often we need to earn the privilege of sharing the good news. Of Jesus Christ. And that is really at the core of what we're talking about with this whole concept of grace bombing, is blessing people, helping people in need, and using that as an opportunity then to create open doors to then share our faith. And I think the example that we see here in the compassion of Jesus in this situation is not only is there an ability to have faith over fear? But also, there's power and strength in the fact that we can have love over fear. In fact, the, there, there are so many verses that we could reference to this, but here, here's the extreme. Like this passage, when Jesus was talking, he didn't say, Love your friends, love your family, love your neighbors that are good to you. He said, love your enemies. Love the people that are that are persecuting you, that are complaining about you, that, that give you a hard time. Those are the people that you need to love. Like the standard is way up here. Love your enemies. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Now that doesn't sound like a loan to me. That sounds like a gift, right? And it Give that to your enemies. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. And then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. If we are to act as children of the Most High and we are to have the, the kind of agape love, the kind of God-given love, it's, it's to people that are very different from ourselves, people that, that might oppose us, people that we are, are challenged to be around. That's exactly the kind of person that our love should overcome our fear and we should be willing to grace-bomb them. In fact, that passage continues and, and Jesus explains why this is important. For God is kind, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. That's God. That's his grace. That's his love, his compassion. So because God is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked, you Me, we must be compassionate, just as God, your Father, is compassionate. You see, the power of love helps us to overcome our inward focus, our our fears, our fear of rejection, those things that are holding us back, the, the fear that paralyzes us from being a blessing to those around us. See, I think it goes back to this idea that fear cripples. But God empowers. It is is faith in what God can do. It's faith in the, the power that God can work through us. And it is God's love, that, the supernatural love, to be able to love enemies. It's those things that empower us to overcome our fear and to bless those around us. You know, I started talking about different fears. And I just want to come back to this one. Fear of heights. I don't know if you've ever been in Manhattan, but these downtown Manhattan, there's a lot of tall buildings. But I want to to give an illustration that hopefully will drive home this point of love over fear. Imagine being on one of those buildings, being way up, and you see a small child out on the ledge, on the building across from you. It's a desperate situation. It's a life and death situation. That, that child is in danger. And guess what? There happens to be a plank. Maybe a construction crew left it behind. But there's a plank that actually connects the two buildings. And as you see that child on that ledge across from you, in danger, I don't know about you, I'm calling the police. I'm calling 911. I want to get the professionals there. I want to get the people that have got the right equipment there. Now, maybe some of you are wired differently. Maybe some of you are, are first responders at heart. Maybe you're the kind of person that runs into the fire when everybody else is running out. And, and praise God for people that are wired that way. But that's not most of us, right? We would see that child. We would have concern for them. But our fear, our fear of heights would hold us back. But let me just change one element of that story. That's not just any child. That's your child. That's your child or your grandchild. Does that change your thinking a little bit? Are you maybe willing to overcome your fear? Does your, does your love overcome your fear? And you're willing to step out on that plank? You see, that's the difference. As we see people around us that are in need people around us that need Jesus Christ, are we willing to allow God's compassion and love to overcome our self-centered, inward-focused fear? You see, then, then we'll be able to grace-bomb people. We'll be able to bless people. We'll be able to have opportunities to share our faith when we focus on what God can do in us and through us, not what we can accomplish for him. Faith over fear, love over fear. Let's grace bomb people. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I just wanna for a moment just give this opportunity. There are there might be someone listening online, there might be someone at our other campuses. There might be some people here that have never made that decision to follow Jesus. And a lot of what we're talking about, the grace that God has given, the mercy that God has given through his son, Jesus Christ, he sent his son to die on the cross to to defeat sin. And he rose again the third day to defeat death. And he did that for you. And so if you've never made that decision to put your trust in Jesus, I want to encourage you, today is the day. You can do that today. And if there are things that you are unclear about, I'm sure there's many people here, including myself, that would love to chat with you and show you from God's Word what it means to be a Jesus follower. But for many of you, this, this message is about acting on something that God has already done for you. You've received grace, you've, you've received mercy. And God says, you know what? I've left you here for a purpose. You know, God could have very easily taken you, as soon as you put your faith and trust in him, he could have taken you to heaven. He left, he, he left you here for a reason. He left you to be his hands and feet and to extend grace and mercy to others around you as a means of pointing people to him as a, as a means of pointing people to Jesus Christ. Let's overcome our fears and let's focus on what God wants to accomplish through us. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we are just we are so thankful for what you have done for us through your son Jesus Christ. God, help us not to keep it to ourselves. You have blessed us in so many different ways. Help us to be a blessing to those around us. Help us to meet physical needs. Help us to meet emotional needs of of people around us. And God, may you use those opportunities then to allow us to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to come together and to worship together and to be challenged and encouraged by your word. May we all leave here today a little different, having spent time in your word. And God, we we just want to respond to you in song now. We want to worship you in song and reflect on what you you have showed us today from your word. God, we want to worship you and honor you. And we do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.